Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. I don't know how you feel. How do you feel walking around and going in stores and you see people's face for the first time? Doesn't it feel great? I mean, it just feels wonderful. It just seems like coming out of COVID, there's this longing in me for people. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a seven, so some of you know what that means. If you don't know what it means, don't worry about it. it anyway, I'm, I love people. I love a party. And I just feel drawn that now that we, are, we can be together. And I think there's something that's happening that God is doing in his kingdom that this is a great time to be the church. Because in the New Testament, he calls us a family. Now, you may not have had a good experience as a family. In other words, family might be a bad connotation, but trust me, it's a great family. God's family is a great family. They don't always get along, but you neither do with your physical family, right? I mean, you have issues with your brothers and sisters. And if you don't think you do, you are the problem. I know you are the problem. But seriously, we, we are a family. And there's something about that, especially now, that's very attractive. It's attractive to everybody. You know why? Because you can belong here. You, you can belong. You can say, that's home. That, I can go there and I feel at home. That's what God intends. So we started a series back I'm not sure when it was. It's called One Another's. And we talked about love one another. We talked about uh, encouraging one another. We talked about forgiving one another. Danny preached a message on being hospitable to one another. And I want to end it with this one today. Care for one another. Care for one another. There's something that can happen in the body of Christ that is better, I mean, it is deeper than any other place you will ever experience it. And that is a genuine concern and care for one another. I'll give you just a quick example. This is not something you sign up for. This is not something in the back, hey, go sign up and and you'll get to care for somebody. Nope. It's who we are. It's just who we are. I got a call from a from a member this weekend. And he said, hey, pastor, how's your mom? My mom was diagnosed with bladder cancer. She's doing better. They did surgery, uh, got what they could. And so now they're just in the process of evaluating. She's soon to be 92. So it's not like they're going to be real aggressive and do a lot, but she's doing great. She has a great attitude and and really is is handling it very, very well. So he said, I want to do something for her. I'm going to be in Little Rock, Arkansas own business. I want to do something. What can I do for her? I said, oh man, that's nice. Thank you for thinking about her. It's good. She's all good. No, I'm going to do something. One way or another, I'm going to do something for her. So you know what I told him? Okay. If you really want to know 
what heaven looks like and tastes like for my mom. It's, are you ready for this? Chicken and dumplings from Cracker Barrel. That is exactly what heaven is like. And he said, you know what? I'm going by and I'm going to take her chicken and dumplings. Now, did you ever think chicken and dumplings would mean so much to me? It does because it's somebody just wanting to care for somebody else in the body. So what I'm saying this morning is not a program. It's just who we are. When you see a need, when you see an opportunity, when you see somebody that needs chicken and dumplings, you try to do something about it. Okay, so I want you to keep that in mind. Now, Paul, as he describes us, he describes us with the human body. All right, he's describing us with the human body. It is one of the most, <laughs> it's one of the most specific descriptions of the human body that there is in the, in the scriptures. And, and I've got a question for you, those of you that like to ponder these kind of things. Where did Paul come up with all that? You say, well, well the Spirit spoke. Well, I know the Spirit spoke, but do you think the Spirit might have used something? Because Jews typically did not spend a lot of time talking about the physical parts of the body and comparing them to the kingdom of God. And even neither did the Greeks. So he's about to give you a description of the body, literally hand, nose, feet, ears, eyes. You know where I think he got it? Who did Paul travel with a lot of his life? Who was his traveling companion? Dr. Luke. Luke was a physician. Luke traveled with Paul when this letter was written to the church at Corinth. I suppose one night around the fire, Luke starts talking to Paul about the body, the physical body, and how cool it is to think about how God put together the kingdom like the physical body. And Paul goes, I'm going to use that. Hold on, hold on a minute. Let me, get, let me write that down. I think that's where he got it. And I think it's so cool. So get ready to listen to a description of us as the body of Christ. I'm going to start 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 12 and we're going to go through verse 26. So follow along. I'm going to read it. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks and slaves and free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body doesn't consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Nope, that wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. That wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many body parts, and yet there's still only one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, hey, I don't need you. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, 
the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts don't require. But God so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. What a beautiful picture of us. That's us. So let me summarize it. Number one, we're family. We're family. The day Jesus walked in your your life, you got a family. And you became part of the family. And you became a part of the body. So we are connected. Now, are we talking about the the body, the, the church around the world, or are we talking about the local? Yes. Both. You are a part of a church that he has all around the world that he will gather one day to himself at the return of the Lord Jesus. But you're also part of a local body. And this whole body analogy wouldn't make any sense if he wasn't talking to a local body in Corinth because this is the way it would go. You may be a hand, but by the way, you're the hand, but your foot is in Tampa. So I don't know how y'all are going to work that out. See, it wouldn't make any sense. There's a hand here today, and there's an arm. There's a foot here, and there's a leg. In other words, within every local expression, there is a complete functioning body. That's the description he's giving us. That's the analogy. And yes, there is a worldwide body, but the one that I want us to focus on is what we enjoy here. So you're a part. Number two. When you became a, a, a part of this, you got in the same way everybody else did. You became a part of the body the same way. There is never an occasion for somebody to say, oh, I'm better because I came this way. Nobody got into the body because you were just so talented. God had to have you on his side. No, we all came the same way. And he says it in verse 13, we came by his spirit. Literally, we came by his spirit. It's so cool. In real, I mean, like in physical body, you you get a family two ways. You're either born into a family or you were adopted by that family. Well, guess what? For every Christian in the room today, you're both. You were born again from above and you were adopted by the spirit. So, man, we are in his family and we got here the same way. Therefore, we never should feel better than somebody else because, no, we all came the same way, by His Spirit, simply by His Spirit. And what does He say? He says, we were all baptized into this body. And He uses the picture of baptism. By the way, it's a great word. It's just a word that means to immerse. So basically, you got thrown into the deep end when you became a Christian. You went underwater. Where'd you go? You went into the body of Christ. You were immersed into the body of Christ. And now you are a part, just like every Jew, every Greek, every slave, every free, we are part of the same thing because we were immersed in. And and then we were made to drink of the same drink, the Spirit. What does that mean? 
Well, just like we are in Christ, Christ is now in us. He's living in us. And yes, are we in the body? Yep. Just like this building. If this building represented his body, his kingdom, his family. The day you became a Christian, you, got, you walked in. Not most of you, all of you. By the way, the word baptized means immerse. That's why it's always fun to go to the beach because sometimes we don't get everybody completely under. And that's not the true meaning of the word baptized. And then some people go under three, three or four times, so it, they really get it. And the point of it is we are immersed in him. We are completely, they're not, you're not a partial Christian. You're not a partial part of the body of Christ. You are every bit a part of the body of Christ. But you know what that tells me? We belong. Nobody's better than another one. And by the way, you can't get kicked out. People all the time saying, well, I, I, I was, but I'm not now. You can't get kicked out. The only one who can kick you out is the one who got you in. That's the Holy Spirit. And he will not kick you out. Now, you may disappoint the family and you may be a little rebellious, but you're still part of the family. And that's security. That's a sense that you really do belong. So we all belong. Every one of us, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter how you feel about yourself, you belong. And I like that thought because it says God arranged in the body everything just like it should be. You're not here by accident. You're here because God wanted you here. There's something about it. And he purposely put you here, which brings me to the last point. We need each other. Every one of us, we need each other. You need us. We need you. You can't read this without getting the sense that, yes, we need each other. And let me tell you why you need us and we need you. Number one, we need each other to get it done. It takes all of us. For a body to work properly, it takes all all of us working for the same mission. Let's use your body as an example or my body. Have you ever had a moment where your foot decided to do something different than the rest of your body? Okay, how'd that go for you? It's awkward. It's embarrassing, right? I know it's funny. And if you have it on video, please send it because we really would like to use it. I, I remember the day, I remember playing basketball and I was up in years and my mind, I knew exactly what I needed to do. And my body goes, uh-uh, we're not doing that today. <laughs> in fact, we're not doing that anymore. And I knew that's when, okay, it's time to quit because it, it's frustrating because all of a sudden you, you're not working together as a whole and that's exactly what happens when you don't realize we need you. Is that everything is not working together to accomplish it. You know, I had one of the greatest lessons. My, one of my early jobs, I was pastoring, but I was in college and I, I wanted to get a job in the little town where I was. And so I, I went down <laughs> to this factory and I wasn't even sure what they built, but I just walked in and said, hey, I'm looking for a job. And they hired me. And I ran a drill press. I had to drill holes in a, in a beam, uh, a metal beam. I drilled six holes and I sat there all day drilling those six holes. Well, let me tell you, by the second day, I was 
crazy. I was so bored. And so I'm sitting there and, and I knew he probably could tell that I wasn't having fun. The owner walks up to me, says, how's it going? I said, I, it's okay. And he goes, do you know what you're doing? I thought he was talking about drilling. I said, yeah, I can drill a hole. I mean, my goodness, look at him. I've done all those. He goes, no, no, no. Do you know what part this is? No, I don't even know what we're building. He says, come on. And he took me out back. We were building these big old dry kilns that, that they will take wood because it was in the piney woods of Arkansas where lumber, the lumber business was huge. And they would season the wood. They would dry the wood and treat the wood. And the beam that I was drilling holes in was a critical part of the structure that they have to have to do that. When I came back to work, I'm like, I got this. I'm a part of something big, man. I'm, I'm doing something really important because I saw what it did. Can I just tell you that it takes every one of us for this to work? It takes every one of us for the church to be the church. And in fact, I'll give you a good example. This afternoon, you heard Danny say, how many were we baptizing? What'd you say? 150 plus, let's say, because it always happens. We get over there and there'll be some baptized. They didn't know they were baptized, but they went under. So we count them. That's just the way it is, <laughs> right? And that what happens? Not really. But we do have some that didn't know they were going to get baptized. And they said, yeah, I really want to. Did you know that you have a part in every one of them? You say, well, all I do is attend. You had a part. All I do is give. You have a part. You see, what we don't realize is that we're connected to something that's really big. And without us, it doesn't happen. So we need each other. Because it's bigger than what we can accomplish. Second thing, we make each other better. We're better together. You realize that iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens another. And you probably never thought about it, but you actually have influence with people around you when you come and you are a part of the body of Christ in a physical way like this. You are a part. When you're online, you are actually a part of something that matters. Even in what you're putting in the chat, that encourages somebody. You're blessing somebody. We just make each other better. And I tell you, I think it is a beautiful goal that we have here. And we've kind of described our life groups this way and our small groups this way, to know and be known, to love and be loved, to serve and be served, and to celebrate and be celebrated. That's what we want to do. And I'm just going to be real honest with you. It can't happen in a big room like this if this is all you come to because you don't know the people around you. Now, you might have met them, but you don't really have a chance to get to know them. That happens in those small groups. So why do we talk about connect? Text the word connect, text the word connect, text it to 40777. You know why we do that all the time? Is because we know what happens when you actually do connect. You become more like Christ. You, all of a sudden, you're a part of something, and it makes a difference. I, let me give you this example. How many of you have ever seen the Redwoods out in California? Have you ever seen Redwoods? I mean, those things, are, they're amazing. I always wanted to go and, and see them. And then one year, I was invited to a wedding in Napa Valley. And I said, absolutely. I'd love to come do that wedding. 
And so Rachel and I flew to San Francisco and we got to go to a place called Muir Woods. It's right outside of, 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 the, um, of San Francisco. In fact, I got a picture, I think, from, from that. Um, this is not Rachel. This is just some random person walking down a path. But I want you to look at those trees. For the first time in my life, I didn't feel tall at all. <laughs> those trees are 350 feet tall. The average lifespan of the woods there, the trees, five to 700 years old. They have trees that they think are 2,000 years old. Now, here's the question. How do the storms and the high winds not take those giants down? They're 350 feet tall. And by the way, their roots only go 10 feet deep. And there's a secret. Every one of those trees, though its roots are only 10 feet, they spread out like 100 feet. And they find another tree's roots and they wrap them up. And they so intertwine. I just think it's cool how God created this place. It's like he knew exactly what they needed and they know what they needed. So they actually, their roots are intertwined and they stand strong together, not by themselves together. And that's a perfect picture of who we are. And let me tell you, I'm living proof. I feel so much stronger because I know I've got you with me and you behind me. And I want every one of us to know we're better together. And you know what? We're called to care for one another. Let me go back to a verse. One of the last ones I read. He just says the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all of us suffer. If one member is honored, all of us should rejoice. So in other words, we have to experience life together, do life together. By the way, which is, um, which is easier to rejoice with somebody who rejoices or to weep with somebody who weeps? What do you think is easier for you? Rejoice? I beg to differ. I think it's harder to rejoice with somebody who rejoices. I think it's easier to weep because you feel sorry for them. But when you're rejoicing with somebody who's rejoicing, you're going, what about me? How, how come that didn't happen to me? Am I right? I'm right. I know you're real spiritual and you don't want to admit it, but this is the way we are, okay? I know me and I know us. Here, here's what happens. When we really live like he's describing the focus hidden on us, it's on one another. So the reason we can celebrate with one another is, is because that's okay. That's, that's why we're here. And it's so good to have people weep with you when you weep because the focus again is on one another. It's not just on me. And so I believe that what he's describing is this beautiful call for us to care for one another, to really encourage, pray for, all of these things. Somebody may be saying, but, but what about me? How do I know somebody's going to do that for me? How do I know that my needs are going to get met? Well, I'll show you exactly how you know. Let's take my hand. Let's say my hand got frustrated and says, you know what? I'm tired of being a part of this body because it's never about me. If that hand is removed, that hand ceases to exist because that hand doesn't exist without the body. I mean, have you ever... 
no, I'm not going to ask you that. Um, you see a hand, and I promise you, it's not doing very well if there's nothing else but a hand. It is never meant to be alone. Now watch this. I want you to remember this statement. The human body does not exist to meet the needs of that hand. The hand exists to meet the needs of the body, and in so doing, it gets its own needs met. What does that tell me? You're never better, you're never more fulfilled than when you are a part of a body and you are doing whatever you can to make that body better. When you are a part of something, and you're using whatever gift. You don't have to know. Some people come to this passage and they go, I don't know if I'm a hand or a foot. You don't have to know. Just be a blessing to the body. Be a blessing to those around you. The whole point is it's an analogy. You have a part. You belong. And together we make each other better. And we're stronger. And we glorify God. And you know what else we do? We bless a community. We bless a community. Okay, so where can we, most basic thing we can do for one another is pray, right? Just pray for one another. Don't tell me prayer doesn't work and it doesn't matter. I am living proof that prayer matters. I wouldn't be here today if you hadn't prayed, if prayer doesn't matter. So let's do this. Where, where can we pray for one another? Well, I know it happens all the time in small groups. And that's why I say, if you're not connected to a small group, you got to get a, a, a small group. And we've got ways to help you. You can text the word connect to 40777, or you can go to the back, or you even online, there's a way for you can text that. And we're trying to build an online community because we feel like that you can be connected online and we want that to be a meaningful experience. So I know we can pray for one another in small groups. Why can't we do it in here? Let's do it in here. Let's just take a moment and do something that's been a long time since we've done it. I'm going to ask you to turn around to somebody. And I want you, if you don't know them, introduce yourself. Just tell them, hey, I'm, I'm David. You don't have to give your full name if you don't want. And if you don't feel comfortable doing this, it's okay. All right, this, this is just a thought. Let's just see. If you'd like to do it, do it. Just look at them and say, hey, how can I pray for you? And then they can share how they want you to pray. Can we? And then just pray. You don't have to pray out loud. If you want to, that's great. But if you'd rather just pray in silence, that's great. I just think one little step in that direction could make a whole lot of difference in just how the body of Christ works today. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to count to three. And you're going to find somebody. Now, it can be somebody you know. It's okay. If it's your wife or husband, if you introduce yourself, you might be have a problem, okay? You might want to spend more time together. But if it's somebody you know, obviously just say, hey, what, how can I pray for you? If it's somebody you don't know, introduce them. I mean, introduce yourself and just say, hey, how can I pray for you? Okay, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Go. If you can go ahead and kind of wrap up 
your uh, your time. So how many of you how many of you got a chance to talk to somebody you met somebody you didn't know? Raise your hand. Oh wow, wow, that's cool. Now let me tell you what you just saw. That's when the bride of Christ is beautiful. That's when this place is absolutely beautiful because it looks like the body of Jesus. It's the foot and the hand and the ear and the nose and the eye talking together. And we really do express love for one another, care for one another. But let me tell you, it doesn't just stop here in the room. It's one thing to care for one another and then not give a rip about where we live. No, that's not what the scripture calls us to. It calls us to be salt and light. It says, hey, yeah, you care for one another there, but you also care for the community where you live. What if the Lord tells you to pray for somebody in the community? Will you do it? Absolutely. You're about to meet somebody. The Lord told him to do something a year ago, one year ago. And he hadn't been disobedient and waited a year. It's just that circumstances with COVID and everything else have made this difficult. But God put in his heart to do something. And uh, Phil Burton, one of, our, one of our leaders here, an amazing friend. He's been a great friend to me. God told him to do something. And today it's going to be an opportunity for us to participate in what God told him to do. Phil, I want you to share with us what it is the Lord put in your heart to do today, man. We'll do hey, it. give it up for Phil Burton. Thank you. So, this past year has been a very intense time for our country. There are a lot of things really trying to tear us apart. Everyone seems to be screaming past each other. Many people, they aren't listening because we're dug in. But when we're dug in, we can't move towards each other. We know there's been a huge spotlight on law enforcement and the black community. And as we deal with those issues, we have to come together. And the best way I know how to come together is through prayer, together. We have leadership from Orlando and Orange County, and I would ask them to come up to the platform and join me as we pray, and we, let's welcome them up. I'd also like to invite up all of the uh, uniformed police officers and plainclothes officers who are members of this congregation, or maybe they're visitors. If you're in active duty, please come on down. If you feel comfortable, so we can pray for you. If you'd like to make your way down front. Yeah. If you all can take a seat, please. And I'll say this as you're being seated. I'm so thankful to have this opportunity to pray with you and pray for you. Uh, and I do thank you for really all that you do. At this time, I would like to ask all of my black brothers and sisters in the room to stand where you are, if you feel comfortable, and pray for these officers. And for the rest of you who are seated, you can join us in this prayer as well. If we could all just bow our heads as we honor the Lord. Lord Jesus, name above all names, almighty God, 
Prince of Peace, which we desperately need now. A peace that surpasses all understanding. Let your Holy Spirit come now and take over this moment. Jesus, you see our world, you know our world, because you stepped down to dwell in it. You know every situation that each of us face now and will face tomorrow. Again, we find ourselves in turmoil. It's nothing new, only the people have changed. These last couple of years have been extremely intense and very difficult for members of the black community, as well as these police officers. There's been hurt, anger, there's been pain. I don't know anyone who has the solution for all of this, but you, Jesus. So here we are, showing up, knocking, holding on to your words. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, which, which are clearly at work. Help us to remember, we are not each other's enemies. Instead, we are called to love one another and, and pray for one another. I do not pretend to know all of the pressures these officers face, nor the difficulty of their job. I don't. I don't. But I do know they need prayer too. So I pray first for wisdom. Please give them wisdom as they assess each situation. Wisdom to know who should be carrying a badge and who should not. I pray for their safety. I pray that you will keep their hearts soft and compassionate for the communities they serve. Let them not be overcome by fear or make decisions based on fear, but give them courage, give them focus, give them clarity. Ultimately, I pray that they may live a life worthy of you, pleasing you in their daily duties with great patience and, and great endurance to carry on. Lord, oh Jesus, lighten their load. Turn, just turn down the heat. Protect all of our families. And Lord, unify your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.